We're going to continue now in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And I'm really excited to announce that today we're actually going to start a new sermon series in the book of Daniel. So we're going to ask everyone in the church to commit to reading through the first six chapters of the book of Daniel in these next six weeks. We're going to be in this series that we're calling Unfamiliar Ground. And we're going to be learning about what God's Word has to say to us and teach us through this important book in Scripture. So we're going to commit to that together as a church community. And this series is going to take us into the month of May. And I'm so grateful that we as a church have an opportunity to be able to reflect on what God has to say to us through this powerful and important scripture in the book of Daniel. And today we're going to start right at the beginning in Daniel chapter 1. And we're going to spend most of our time today really just understanding a bit of the context and background and what exactly was going on in the, in, in the context and the world in which Daniel lived and how that actually connects to us today. And so write in your Bibles, wherever you are right now, I want to invite you to open up your Bibles, open up your apps, and together we're going to read through the first few verses in Daniel chapter 1. So let's hear now from God's Word in Daniel chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. And you can follow along in the language of your choice in Spanish. I will be reading in English. And you can follow along as well from Daniel chapter one, beginning at verse one. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the word of God. Daniel chapter one, verse one. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure, in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the servants of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we 
thank you because you are the God of life, the God of the living. We pray that this morning you would meet us where we are and that you would deliver us. Deliver us, Lord, just like you did your servants. Deliver us from this time of disorientation and restlessness. Give us your peace. And fill us, O God, with your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of comfort. And lift us, God, from whatever despair that we may be feeling. Lift us up from that, Lord, in order that we may, we may claim and proclaim the new life in Jesus Christ, a new life that is available here and now. And it's in the faithful name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, that we pray today. Amen. The title of today's sermon is Into Exile. That's what we're reading about here in these first few verses that we read in the book of Daniel. The people of God, the Israelites, in this part of the Bible, in the book of Daniel, they are in a time in the story of the Bible which is called the exile. What is the exile? God's people had actually been conquered, and they had actually been exiled from their home of the promised land in the kingdom of Israel, they had been exiled from that and they had been forcefully migrated to an unfamiliar land. God's people were in unfamiliar ground and in what felt like uncharted territory. And at the same time, while being in that unfamiliar land, they were seeking to be faithful to God in that unfamiliar, unfamiliar place. And it's in this place of exile, it's in this context that the book of Daniel is set. Daniel was experiencing exile. We can all relate to exile one way or another, whether or not we feel familiar with our surroundings or unfamiliar with them whether or not we feel comfortable or uncomfortable in the surroundings that we find ourselves in, we can all relate to this idea of exile. I remember an example that I can think of was years ago when I was in graduate school in the East Coast. Some of you know that I lived in New Jersey for several years. And I, in one of my favorite courses that I took during grad school was actually a course entitled The African Christian Diaspora. And my professor was a, a fantastic professor. His name was Dr. Afe Adogame. And he had us do a very unique exercise with a group of about 40 students to help us understand just this whole idea of, of understanding what it means to be in exile. He had us all um, really do something very unique. A group of about 40 students, we all just got together and we did this, this experiment. And he began with actually asking all of us to raise our hands. So we all had our hands raised up in the air, just like this. And as we had our hands up in the air, he slowly started to ask us just a couple of different questions. He began with the following question. He, he asked, who among us 
was from the United States. Then most people that were present there, they kept their hands raised. And then he asked, who among you is from the state of New Jersey? Then at that point, many hands began to go down, including mine. Some of you know, even though I lived there for several years, I am, a, I am from California. I'm a Californian. So I was displaced in New Jersey for several years, and I'm so glad to be back. But in all seriousness, really uh, praying for my dear friends that I'm still in touch with in the Northeast currently, and I'm checking in on them regularly. I know some of you have friends and family in the Northeast, which has been the epicenter of this pandemic for this time. So we are praying for our friends or brothers and sisters out in New Jersey, New York, and Massachusetts as well. And I was so glad to have the opportunity to take part in this experiment when uh, after that point he asked, who is from the state of New Jersey? Several people, including myself, put their hands down. And then he continued to ask questions. Uh, Dr. Office said, who is actually from central New Jersey? Then more hands went down, and there were only about 10 students who still had their hands up. Then finally, he asked, who is from Mercer County? Who is from this very town where we are all meeting right now? And all the hands went down because the town that we were in was really a place where many people went to to get their training, to get their schooling, but many people weren't from there necessarily. Dr. Afe, he was originally from the country of Nigeria, but he wanted all of us to understand that regardless of whether or not we were from the U.S. or from that state, he wanted each of us to understand that every one of us has had an experience of moving from one place to another. We each have had an experience with really trying to make a home of somewhere new. We each had a home that we had left, and while we were in New Jersey for graduate school training, we were all trying to make a new home in an unfamiliar land. Maybe some of us can relate to this as well. Leaving what is familiar and going into a foreign land, or leaving what felt familiar and being in a strange new place or in a strange season, like the one we're experiencing together in this time, or into unfamiliar territory or in what would feel like uncharted ground. Friends, if you've ever felt that way, this is what the Bible calls exile. Esto es lo que la Biblia le llama exilio. This is the biblical theme of exile. And we all know that there is a certain peace that comes with familiarity. There's a certain comfort that comes with routine. In fact, that's why it's so important for children to have familiar routines. That's a very important part of healthy child development. But sometimes, like in a time such as this, we're actually forced to leave that which is familiar, that which is comfortable, that which is routine. In a time such as this, we are adapting to a new normal. 
and what used to be normal is no longer normal. And it's looking more and more like there will not be an immediate return to normal. But in fact, this is the beginning of a new normal. And again, this is not what any of us, including myself, would have wanted or would have desired. But nonetheless, this is the reality that we are responding to. At least for some time to come. God will be faithful, as he always has been. And we see this pattern of exile throughout all of the scriptures, of leaving something familiar and trying to find a way back home. This is even evident right in the beginning of scripture, in creation, in Genesis chapter 1, in the story of Adam and Eve. They were given a home by God in the Garden of Eden. And then after the fall of humanity in Genesis chapter 3, because they chose their will over God's will, what happens then? We see that they were exiled. They were exiled out of the garden to the east of Eden, as the book of Genesis says. Exile is disorienting. Exile is being in the unknown. And we see these patterns of exile continue throughout the scriptures. In fact, the ancient Israelites found themselves in exile after they were in the promised land, the land in which there was a place for them to call home, that after they had, or they had arrived there after the exodus, remember, they, the ancient Israelites, they were in slavery in Egypt, then God made a way from them out of, uh, out of slavery in the exodus. And from the exodus, they arrived to the promised land. And then after several generations, that home, that promised land, that they had it was conquered it was conquered by the kingdom of Babylon and then they, then at that point the ancient Israelites they were taken captive by Babylon and they were forced to live far away from home far away from what seemed comfortable far away from what seemed familiar and the reality is that right now Many of us feel like we are living far away from what is comfortable, far away from what feels safe, and far away from what is familiar. Friends, brothers, sisters, right now we are experiencing exile. We as a nation, as a world, as a church, we are currently in exile. The whole story of the Bible is actually designed to answer the questions that we ask while in exile. And the two questions that come up during exile are the following. The first question is, how did we get here? And the second question is, how do we get back home? These are the questions that come up in exile. And yes, in our current reality, there are leaders and other qualified people trying to answer these questions with regards to the pandemic. They're asking, how did we get here to this unfamiliar place? And how do we get back home? 
And similarly for us, as people following Jesus, we ask the same questions for the human condition as well. Through the disease of sin, we have been forced into exile as well. And we ask ourselves, how did we get here? How did we get to a life apart from God? And we ask, how do we get back home? How do we reconnect to a life back with God? It's a continued pattern that we see in the scriptures once again, over and over again. We mentioned how Adam and Eve were exiled. But then the story continues through the ancient Israelites, beginning with Abraham's family. Abraham's family eventually became the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel found a home in the promised land. Adam and Eve were exiled from the garden. The Israelites were exiled from the promised land. We see how the exile from Eden led to the Tower of Babel eventually. Then the exile from the promised land led to the kingdom of Babylon conquering the kingdom of Israel. In a couple of minutes, we're going to look at a video which is actually going to explain to us um, this whole concept of exile, this whole theme of biblical exile and how it connects to us today. But once again, the questions that we ask while in exile are questions that many, perhaps many of us are asking today. How did we get here? And how do we get back home? Is there any hope to return back to that familiar place? The story of the Bible will address these very questions. Exile is that feeling of alienation. Exile is longing for something more, no matter where we may live, no matter what may be going on around us. When we look at this biblical theme, we realize that each one of us, that we are all exiles. Because exile is the human condition. Exilio es la condición humana. There's a quote that I remember that I read several years ago that really helped me understand this concept of exile really representing the human condition. And I don't remember the author that wrote this down, but I'm going to quote it because I wrote it down. And the author says this, connecting exile to the human condition. He says, human existence to the extent that is a response to a call from God, that existence is necessarily on the move. We therefore have to accept the fact that we shall fully understand the present only later, perhaps much later. How many of those of us who seem to be wandering aimlessly or feeling like we're in exile, in fact, we realize that, that wandering aimlessly will one day, we will discover that this wandering was in fact obedience. Obedience to a secret call spoken through the heart of the, pil of the, pil of the pilgrim God, of the God that is on the move. 
a God who gives us a call that is so intimate that it is not yet recognized. Friends, brothers, sisters, if you've ever felt like you've been longing for a home while in transition or longing for a place of rest to enter into rest physically, emotionally, and spiritually, if you've been longing for a better home or ever experienced that, part of the profound truth that the Bible addresses throughout the story of God's people in exile is that we live in that. That's the human condition. And in many ways, we actually live in an exile of our own making. But here's the good news. There is a way back home. Jesus himself in the Gospels, he calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the road back home. He's opened up a pathway to our real home. In the New Testament, there's this whole other image of the people of God being sojourners or people on a journey or where, where we are reminded that the world is not our home, but in fact we are citizens of heaven. The book of Philippians in chapter 3 reminds us of this when we're told in Philippians 3.20 by the Apostle Paul, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own, using the same power with which He will bring everything under control. Trust in this. Trust in God's Word. Jesus will bring everything under control, especially in a time like this where you can feel like everything is just out of control. He will bring everything under control because Jesus is the road. Jesus is the pathway back home. Now, when I think about just this idea of finding a pathway back home, I think of my late grandfather, Angel, or Angel. And he died in the early 90s, so I just remember him as a child. But I have very few memories of him and some very vivid and important to me. And I remember one, uh, one time, many, many years ago, when I was only about five years old or so, I remember my grandfather found a way to our home. He found a way to visit us in the United States from Mexico. He came from another country to come visit us. And he didn't have anything to help guide him to get to our, our home except a piece of paper and a pen. He went to a new country into a big town. He came into downtown Los Angeles and then found the street that we lived on. And this was in the 80s, so he actually found the street with no GPS, no cell phone. All he had was a pen and a piece of paper. And of course, 
street smarts. And just as a side note, wouldn't it be just amazing? I love it if it were a part of the driver's test these days. If part of what it meant to actually get a driver's license was uh, a question that said, figure out how to get somewhere, anywhere, without using GPS or your smartphone. Better yet, imagine that that would just be a general test in life of what it means to, to function, right, in this life. It'd be an amazing uh, life question if life were a test or exam. If we were asked, imagine this, if we were asked to try to do something, anything, without our smartphone or without the internet. I know, it's mind-blowing. It's hard to even imagine, right? But believe it or not, humanity lived without these devices for most of history, and they somehow got by. I don't know how, but they did. Hard to imagine. And when we think of it that way, and when I think of it that way, I can appreciate even more and imagine how difficult it was for my grandfather to find our home. Once again, with just a piece of paper and a pen, my grandpa, Angel, when he came to visit us, or as I called him, my Tata Angel, he came, he went to, came to visit us from Mexico. He, first of all, he took, he, from Mexico, he took a Greyhound bus to downtown LA. Then from downtown LA, he just asked around. He asked people that were around him how to get to the town of La Habra, which was the town in which we lived. And then once he got to La Habra, he just went into a local supermarket and he asked people. He asked people how to get to Walnut Street, where we lived. And then, imagine this, he walked from that supermarket all the way to Walnut Street, and then with that piece of paper and that pen, he just looked around for our address, and he found it. And I'll never forget this, as he was approaching our home, our front lawn, I saw him, I was playing outside, and I recognized him, and I just simply said, Hi, Grandpa! Or as I would call him, Tata. Hola, Tata. Then my mom came out thinking I was playing some kind of prank on the family, but lo and behold, there was my grandpa, Angel. He found a way. He found a way through unfamiliar land, and he got to our home. You know, when I think about that story, it really means a lot. Because similarly, Jesus is the road that will take us through this time of exile. Jesus is the pathway back home. And just like only having access to a pen or a piece of paper, it may seem simple, Jesus being our true and only pathway back home. It may be, it sounds simple, but he, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, he is truly enough to get us back home. He began the work, and he will do it. So just to understand a little bit more about this whole context of exile in which we're understanding the book of Daniel, 
Let's just take a couple of minutes and we're going to check out this video to help us understand the biblical theme of exile. So right where you are, sit back and relax, take out your notes and engage with this video and then we'll all come back together. What a fantastic video helping us understand that Daniel, the book of Daniel, is set during the time of Babylonian exile. Or we can just refer to this time as exile. Once again, exile is being in unfamiliar ground and living in uncertain times which when we're really honest with ourselves, many of us feel that we are experiencing that here and now. So just a little bit of more background. Who is Daniel? Daniel is a servant of God, serving God in an unfamiliar land. He came from Judah, which was the northern kingdom in the kingdom of Israel, but then when that was pillaged and overtaken and overthrown by Babylon, he was forced to go to Babylon. And the book of Daniel is actually made up of two halves. For this sermon series, we're only going to be studying the first half, the first six chapters, but I look forward to one day being able to explore the second really exciting part of Daniel. But we're going to be looking at specifically in these first six chapters, the stories from the lives of Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, every time I say those names, I can't help but think of Sunday school songs. Maybe you know of some. The one that comes to my mind is the Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, three faithful boys who wanted to know how to grow. No one? Well, 80s and 90s Sunday school rules, all right? But these stories in the first half of the book of Daniel, in these first six chapters, they actually help us understand what it means to continue to live faithful lives to God while in exile. And we see here in, in these uh, amazing uh, passages just what it means to do that exactly, to live faithful lives to God while in exile. The reality is that for us in 2020, quarantine is a form of exile. It's unfamiliar. It's strange. And the call from God for us in this time of exile is to learn how to live as God's people while being strangers and exiles in unfamiliar territory and unfamiliar surroundings. We see other lessons here in the book of Daniel that we'll be exploring about how as God's people we're called to bless the community that is around us, even if we're not fully a part of it, even if we're not familiar with it, to bless those around us while at the same time not compromising or giving in to the patterns of this world. Other important themes that we'll be touching on in the next few weeks, we'll see how through God's wisdom in Daniel, it is possible to live a faithful life while in exile. It's possible to live a faithful life while surrounded by things that are unfamiliar. We are still able to hold on to the everlasting faithfulness of God. 
when we abide in Christ and set our minds to love and to serve the Lord wholeheartedly, in this time of exile, we're not called to go halfway or to be half measures here. But this is not a time to back away from God, but it is a time to draw nearer to God. We see here in the book of Daniel that the Israelites, the people of God, at the time when they experienced what they experienced, when they were taken from their home at the time they actually could have interpreted what they were going through their experience in exile they could have um, interpreted that experience as the end of their relationship with God but the book of Daniel reminds us and teaches us that seasons of exile seasons of grieving seasons of disorientation, seasons of sadness and confusion, that these seasons are not the end. But these seasons of exile are actually an invitation to new beginnings. Because it is possible to be faithful to God even when we are away from the promised land. It is possible to be faithful to God even in unfamiliar ground and uncharted territory. Even when we're away from the comforts that we are so used to, we can remain faithful to the God who will be forever faithful to us. That is what we're entering into. Also, in the book of Daniel... We're shown many things, but it also shows us that God has not abandoned his plans. God has not abandoned his plan in the midst of disruptions. God has not abandoned his plan for you or his plan for me. God has not abandoned his plans for the whole world. In fact, he has actually um, still holds the whole world in his hands. I love how one of my favorite uh, worship artists and uh, worship singers, Tim Hughes, the way he puts this in his classic song, The Whole World in His Hands. He says that because he holds the whole world in his hands, I will fear no no evil. For you are with me, strong to deliver and mighty to save. Because our God holds the whole world in his hands, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see it, that means that we do not have to fear any evil. Because he is with us. He is strong to deliver us and mighty to save us. These are some of the themes that we're going to be entering into in the next few weeks together, remaining true to God in the midst of extraordinary pressure. Right now, some of us are feeling extraordinary pressure that we've never felt before, social pressure and economic pressure. But together, as one family, as one one community, may we, together step in and step up
as we follow Jesus into exile. Jesus is the only way to get back home. Let's pray together. We're going to take an opportunity now to pray. To just bring our real feelings before a real God. I'll invite us all right now to just bring whatever emotion, whatever burden before his throne. Bring it to him. Hand it over to him. And then I'll pray for us. Let's take this time to pray. Prayers of surrender. Prayers of trust. Prayers of hope. O God of the exiles, our God who meets us in this time of uncertainty and in unfamiliar ground and unfamiliar land, would you meet us here in our confusion, meet us in our restlessness, meet us in our weeping, meet us in all of the feelings that we are feeling, including some of those that we feel strange about naming out loud, Lord, but we name them to you right now. Would you lead us to you, O oh Jesus? Lead us to the way, the truth, and the life. Lead, lead us to the one who has created a way back home. Your presence is our home. And we belong to you. So today, Lord, we declare our trust in you. We know, Lord, that you hold us in your hands. So this morning, help us to never let go of you. To never let go of the hands that will never, ever let go of us. We pray this all. In the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen.